0: Just this week, I've talked to three doctors who are leaving their medical group, and their tail insurance is a mess. Promises broken, obligations to buy ridiculously expensive tail policies, and overall, a very unhappy parting of ways. So how do you avoid this kind of nightmare in your practice? Well, today I'm going to give you five tips on how to successfully negotiate your tail insurance terms with potential employers, so that you can make sure you don't end up frustrated, broke, or uninsured in the future. Stay tuned. Welcome to Malpractice Insights, the show dedicated to helping healthcare professionals understand medical malpractice insurance and providing you with the solutions you need so that you can get back to the work of practicing good medicine. My name is Jennifer Wiggins, CEO of Aegis Malpractice Solutions, and I'm so glad you've joined us today. All right, let's jump in. So, in order to successfully negotiate tail insurance, there are a few foundational things that you have to have in place, and that leads us to our first tip of the day. Tip number one is to educate yourself on the difference between occurrence and claims-made coverage before you start interviewing with potential employers. There are two types of malpractice insurance in the market, claims-made and occurrence. The easiest way for you to remember the difference between these two policy types is that the name describes how the coverage is triggered. If you have an occurrence policy, your malpractice coverage is triggered based on when the incident actually occurred. If you have a claims made policy, your malpractice coverage is triggered based upon when the claim is made against you. So let's unpack this a little starting with the occurrence policy. If you have an occurrence policy, the coverage triggers based on the date when the incident actually happened, regardless of when the claim was filed against the provider. So if a doctor treated a patient on January 1st, 2022, but the claim wasn't filed for three years, the triggering date is the date that the incident actually occurred, which in this example would be January 1st, 2022. As long as the doctor had insurance in place at the time of the incident, he has coverage. So here's how that works. A doctor will buy an occurrence policy day one, and then just renew that coverage every single year until the time comes when he just needs to cancel. And after he cancels that insurance, then he can actually walk away. There's nothing else required at the end of an occurrence policy, meaning no tail insurance. He simply moves on those occurrence policies will stay active and in force with the insurance carrier that he bought them from. So if a claim is ever made against him for a patient that he treated during those years when he was insured on the occurrence policy, those policies are available for him to access for coverage. All right, so now let's look at the other type of insurance and that's claims made coverage. Claims made coverage triggers based upon when the claim is made against the provider. So as long as the incident occurred during the coverage period and an active policy is in place, the doctor will be covered for the incident. So here's what that would look like. A doctor would buy a claims made policy day one and then renew that coverage every year until the time comes when he needs to cancel. But once he cancels this type of insurance, He's not done. A claims made policy is really two policies in one. You have to carry the insurance while you're actively practicing and then after you cancel it, you have to get a second policy and this is called tail insurance. Your tail starts at your cancellation date and then it extends your coverage into the future for any claims that you may have made against you down the road after you've already walked away for that policy. So why does a doctor need tail insurance? Because he must have an active insurance policy in place in order for him to be covered for claims made against him down the road, even if it's years and years later. So when a doctor buys tail, he will have an active policy that can cover him for any future claims made for the services that he rendered in the past. We have a full episode that does a deep dive on the difference between occurrence and claims made coverage, as well as some case studies that show you real life examples and pricing for both. So we'll link those episodes for you here on the show and also down in the notes. And hopefully you can check those out afterwards. I think you'll find it helpful. Okay, so now that you have some foundational information under your belt on the two different types of coverage, we can move on to tip number two, which takes place at the time that you start interviewing with your potential employers. And that tip is to ask, what kind of policy are they providing for you? Will the group be paying for the premium for this policy, or will you be paying for it? Do you have a choice in the kind of coverage that you're going to get? For example, if the group is offering you a claims made policy, but you would prefer to have occurrence, are you able to request that? Do you have a choice in the insurance company, or do you have to go with the same company as the rest of the group? It's important that you determine upfront the kind of policy that is being offered, who the insurance company is, and who will be paying the premium for that. And by the way, just a quick side note, sometimes a group will tell a doctor that they're paying the premium for them, but in reality, it's just getting deducted from your paycheck, and then they're paying the bill. So be sure to clarify that as well. All right, we are moving on now to tip number three in successfully negotiating tail insurance, and this one might be the most important tip of them all, and that's this. If a claims-made policy is being provided for you, ask who will be buying the tail when you leave. Sometimes the employer will buy the tail for you, and sometimes it will be your responsibility to buy the tail. But you must ask this question upfront to make sure that whatever you agreed to is put in writing in your employment agreement. Tail insurance can be very expensive. On average, it will cost you two times your mature premium. So for example, if your premium is $15,000 a year, you can expect to pay around $30,000 for your tail insurance. Tail insurance is a one-time payment, and the premium is typically due within 30 to 60 days of canceling your malpractice policy. So you don't have a lot of time to figure things out before that bill comes due. This is why it can be so frantic for doctors who haven't negotiated their tail insurance terms up front, because once they leave, that tail is due promptly and the ramifications for not buying it are steep. If the group has agreed to buy your tail insurance when you leave the practice, make sure the terms are clear in your employment agreement. For example, make sure that it specifically states what company they will be buying it from because you don't want them buying you a tail from a carrier that isn't financially stable and that may not even be around here five years from now. Make sure that it also specifies the terms of the tail policy, such as what limits of coverage they're gonna buy for you. What will the term be, limited or unlimited? Essentially, you just want to make sure that if they're going to buy your tail, that it's quality coverage and that they're not just going to take the cheap way out by offering you substandard tail insurance to save them a little bit of money. If you will be responsible for buying the tail insurance when you leave, there are a few things that you'll need to firm up with your employer as well. For example, do you have to buy the tail from a specific insurance carrier or are you allowed to shop around? Do you need to maintain a certain level of limits? Does it need to be an unlimited tail or could it be for a limited amount of time? Again, get all of these things in writing before you move forward. It will save you time, money, and huge headaches down the road if you can nail this up front. All right, we're now on to tip number four in successfully negotiating tail insurance, and that is to get a copy of the tail endorsement once it's been purchased by you or by your employer. Your tail endorsement will be a simple one-page document that shows proof of coverage. It will show the name of the carrier who has issued the tail, the name of the insured, the dates of coverage, which will be your policy retroactive date to your policy cancellation date. It'll show the limits of coverage and the term. It's important that you get a copy of this TAIL endorsement for proof of insurance, which you may need to have for future credentialing or malpractice insurance applications. And of course, you'll want to have this on hand in the event that you're named in a malpractice claim in the future. If you are the one purchasing the TAIL, the endorsement should automatically be sent to you. However, if the group will be purchasing the tail for you, sometimes the tail endorsement will go to you and sometimes it will go to the group. So again, just make sure you get a copy of it either way for your own records. Okay, we're wrapping things up today, but I'm going to leave you with tip number five. And this tip is especially for doctors who are employees at hospitals or large medical groups. Sometimes these types of entities are self-insured, which means they don't buy commercial malpractice insurance. They just pay for claims on their own. So when doctors leave, there isn't a specific tail endorsement that gets issued. If a claim is filed in the future for services that you rendered while you were working for this entity, they will provide coverage for you because you'll be listed on what's called a departed schedule. However, as you might suspect, this can be a little gray because there is no specific tail endorsement issued with your name on it. So here's the tip. If you are leaving a self-insured entity, be sure to get something in writing from the employer explaining what kind of tail coverage they will be providing for you after you depart. Even if they can't issue you a specific tail endorsement, you should still get something for your files that shows the dates that they're covering you for, the limits, and the terms going forward. All right, those were your five tips for successfully negotiating tail insurance. If you found this information helpful today, could you show us some love by giving us a like, a follow, and if you're listening on podcast, please click those five stars and let me know what tip you found most beneficial today. And as always, if you have any questions on this topic, or you want to make sure that you're covered appropriately, click the link in the description box below where you can connect with us via phone, email, or chat today. Or you can also go online to AegisMalpractice.com. That's A-E-G-I-S Malpractice.com. This is Jennifer Wiggins. Thanks for joining us.